Thanks, Gary. Well, take care, man. Gotta get back. Sure. Take it easy, dude. Oh, yeah. I know that you will. Yeah, well, the dude abides. Hey, hi, hello, how are you? And welcome back to Watch It Again, the podcast where we go through 101 movies to see before you die. As always, I'm your host, Jacob, and with me are the wonderful... Oh, I'm Kat. <laughs> and I'm Nick. And this week, we I will be handing over to Nick to discuss and lead the us talking about the movie. So, Nick, take it away. Okay, this week... I watch, I assume you guys did too, The Big Lebowski from 1998. Yep. We did. Did watch it? Confirmed? Good, good, I'm glad. Um, to, I know I'm leading this week, but I feel like Kat should tell us what the story was for starters, since she was the last to watch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Absolute stitch up. Um, so, I had actually never seen this movie before, and I am utterly shocked that I've made it this far without seeing it because it was so good. Um, So basically it follows um, Jeffrey Lebowski, or as he is better known, The Dude, um, played by Jeff Bridges. And he's basically like a bit of a loser, a bit of a stoner, um, kind of just goes bowling most of the time um, with his mates. And he gets um, mixed up in a bit of a kerfuffle um, because these guys think he is a different Jeffrey Jeffrey Lebowski and um, they want to take his money, pretty much, which he doesn't have. Um, So he goes and meets the real Jeffrey Lebowski and then gets pulled into this, like, um, kidnapping slash, um, like, maybe killing plot um and kind of has to figure it out and not die along the way and it's just a really funny movie because obviously it's set in LA um during the early 90s so there's like a lot of different art movements and like all these different wild characters that you meet along the way who all kind of have their own plot lines um but yeah it's just a really funny kind of comedy, action, almost thriller, I guess you could say. Um, In a way, yeah, absolutely. it all kind of gets tied up nicely at the end. But at the same time, kind of nothing happens. Like, there's no kind yeah. of um, romantic, like, solid ending for the dude. He just kind of becomes all... He, he always is. He's always just content on um, spending his days bowling and his only real... Um, I know, kind of, um, desire in this is to, um, get his rug replaced that is pissed on by thugs at the start of the movie. That's kind of all this is about. Yeah. Um. Like, he's not even, like, financially motivated to do anything, really. But, um, yeah, no, pretty much. Um, I was gonna, with this, I have, like, a list of the characters and I'll, like, go through, like... Or like some of them just a bit like the more like the most interesting ones um the dude himself is based off jeff dowd an american film producer the coen brothers met while they were trying to uh distribute the first feature and uh walter played by uh 
what's his name? John Goodman is based off the director of Apocalypse Now, supposedly. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, <laughs> Jacob, would you would you like to talk about Walter a bit? I'm sure we all have thoughts on him being the best character. Yes, no? Oh, he's... Um, John Goodman's performance throughout this whole movie is just fantastic. And so Walter's, you know, a Vietnam vet and he's really... He converted to Judaism but he when he married his wife, but he's been divorced for five years but he's still you know really faithful to it somewhat and just that he doesn't do anything <laughs> on Saturdays but that's it I, I, <laughs> and yeah he's just yeah yeah go on he's a real like driving force behind the dude and kind of makes a lot of things happen like kind of makes the dude do certain things that again drive the plot for the dude moving forwards because everything kind of comes to him, whereas Walter's kind of, we're going to do it this way, we're going to do this, then we're going to do this, and then kind of after everything happens, it's like, let's just go bowling again. Like, let's just go back to mm. normal. Like, we've done that, all right, let's move on. It's all over, but it's not, and it happens a couple of times throughout the film. Yeah, I, I've seen comparisons to him, um, like, not only having the, um, the like, PTSD and Vietnam background, still car- like, him still carrying that, but also being like a soldier like serving like his ex-wife still like kind of stuck in that yeah. same war which I think's pretty funny um and uh and yeah, I kind of yeah, oh yeah, can please. I just butt in I even though it kind of gets a bit tedious I love the fact that he literally mentions Vietnam whenever in he can every conversation <laughs> he has yeah like it doesn't even have to be connected to any sort of material he brings up, it he just mentions like it. when they're spreading their friends' ashes. <laughs> yeah, like uh, so inappropriate, but what can you do? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, what do we? I'll show you where we can go from here. Um, I'll mention this now. I was going to say this for the end, but um, just to kind of uh, show the legacy of this movie. There is a religion surrounding this movie now called Dudism yes. with over 200,000 members worldwide. And you can, and um, a Dudist priest in America can legally preside over wedding ceremonies. Isn't that nuts? If that's something you're into. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing. It's the Book of the Dude. Yes. And... Oh yeah, I just looked it up. The Church of the Latter Day Dude. I yep. <laughs> see. I love this movie, but I find that so ridiculous that like, like people legit believe in this guy as like a Christ figure, but he himself just believes in nothing. Yeah. Well, I guess all he's kind of spouting, and he did surmise it really well in the movie, is that he just wants to go with the flow, and he just wants to do what he wants and he doesn't want to have to I guess get entangled with any dodgy dealings or anything like that he just wants to go bowling and do his thing yes yeah, fair enough um what were your thoughts on Sam Elliott's character the stranger at the like narrating at the start and the end because I've like seen different um theories to who he is people think he's like God himself <laughs> 
um, interesting take on God. Right. I'll say yeah. that. It's, it's a, it is an interesting thing because he kind of, he introduces us to the story and then he kind of pops up at one point and then he kind of closes it out for us. And it, it's a very interesting addition to the film, but it's also a really cool, I, I like it. Like it's, I don't know what word for it is. Yeah, but like, I don't think it. I don't think it takes away from the overall story at all. I think it adds to it. Like it adds that, like, yeah, we're kind of like this person is recounting it to us, and it's like, here, watch this thing. Watch this interesting story that happened to this dude. That kind of, like, it's just like kind of a. I think it adds an extra element to the story and an extra element to the overall film. That this is to call it like plot. Mm. Point. I guess it kind of bookends the story because mm. other this is like Nick said before, nothing really happens in this movie. Like nothing actually comes out of the whole overall story that really changes anyone, except for Donnie, rest in peace. Um yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> I think like yeah, it really just bookends this brief period of time in this guy's life that um, would otherwise be overall mundane, I would say. Yeah, um, I, can, I can bring up two very interesting facts about this film. Mm-hmm. The dude is in every single scene. Yeah. Ah. There is not a single scene where he is not in. Even when the nihilists are ordering pancakes, you can see the dude and Walter sitting in the van through the window. <laughs> so he's genuinely in every scene. And the other thing is you never see him actually bowl. Oh, my God, you don't. That's true. He's always just riding down the scores. Or... Also, they say the word fuck 260 times. I did have that written down. I think they said say dude like 180-something times. The dude himself says man 147 <laughs> times, which is nearly one and a half times a minute. <laughs> Um, he's out, the dude's outfit came from Jeff Bridges himself. He provided all his own clothing. Including the jelly sandals. Yep. <laughs> I saw those and it took me back to my childhood. I used oh, to wear them all the time. Oh, it's so good. At one point, I genuinely thought for a split second he was barefoot. I was like, what's he doing? And then I was like, yeah, oh. Yeah, so did I. Oh. Um, it's so good. All of Donnie's bowling shirts have different names printed on them. Oh, really? Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. And the dude drinks nine white Russians throughout the whole movie. I don't think I've ever seen anyone order a white Russian in a movie before before this. I don't think I've ever seen anyone order a white Russian in real life either. It's such an (laughs) odd drink to have. Like, just isn't it just milk or is it Kahlua? It's Kahlua, it's milk. milk, and vodka. Yeah, no. Nah, nah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, that would be disgusting. Just milk and yeah. grog, um, it's he- like, ugh. Here's a question for you. Which Lebowski is refer- is the reference in the film title, The Big Lebowski? Which one is it? The big one. It, it's the... It's the... I was going to say, it's the dude, but no. It's the, um, the, <laughs> the big guy. Man. The... Yeah. <clears throat> Well, he's not actually a millionaire, no. but yeah. Um, there's also a musician cameo that I don't know either of you are aware of, but um, one of the nihilists is the bassist from 
uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Flea. Okay, because I saw him and I saw yeah. his face and I was like, that guy is so familiar, but I don't know where <laughs> he is from. <laughs> you know, he's the uh, bassist of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I love that scene where they're fighting the Niles and he just <laughs> chucks his bowling ball oh, at his stomach. That's so brutal. <laughs> I um, never considered a bowling ball as a good like weapon. I mean, it's pretty heavy. Movie. <laughs> like, and just when it dro- gets dropped on the tiles, like it cracks the tiles. Like if that dropped on your head, your head would like yeah. your head would Explode. crack. <laughs> yeah. And anything that's um, like permanent, like getting a chunk of your ear bitten off that just irks me just like anything oh. he bit off the whole ear did he? Oh, that was like that a was chunk so, yeah I the whole so. ear oh. nah it's like the whole ear goes oh it's, that's brutal and I, um, and I love how they're just able to just go back bowling the next day <laughs> like yeah like there's no <laughs> like police on. investigation to the uh, arson outside or the guy that died of a heart attack while his mate bit another guy's ear off or anything when he pulls the gun on that guy and they're sitting out in the car afterwards and all the cops run in and they just sit in the car like, oh, it's fine. Like, there's no consequences at all for really anything that they do. It's like, oh, yeah, we're all right. Yeah, exactly. Nothing really happens. No. I was going to say that could be the sequel, um, but there actually is a sequel to this. Doesn't it follow... Um, Oh, what's his name? Fair. Uh, John Turturro? Is that Jesus? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So there's a whole movie about Jesus coming out this year, I think. I don't think it's come out yet. But there's a... Yeah. There's a whole spin-off this devoted to uh, the pedophile Jesus character. Who... Surprise, like he, Jesus Quintana. Yes, who's only... The Jesus Rolls. Yes, that's what it's called. And he's like, I forgot, he's only in this for like the one scene, I think. No, I think there's three or four. Okay. I'm just reading it now. Um, Ooh, okay. Oh, it has been released. It has been. February 28th. I just saw that. It has been released to 4.4 out of 10 on IMDb. 1.4. Out of 10? 4.4. Oh, 4.4. Oh, 4. 4. So That's like 1.4 is pretty rough. So, well, see, yeah. Mm, mm. That's a shame. Bummer. I must say, his character was quite memorable. I have one note on his character, and it is uh, to to make his crotch look more robust. They fill his undies with um, bird seed. That's funny. Um, uh. So, in the film, there's Bunny Lebowski, who's the trophy wife who's supposedly kidnapped. Um, her name is Fawn Nutson and was born in Moorhead, Minnesota, before running away to Los Angeles. In the script, though, before it was changed, her real name was Fawn Gunderson, and thus sharing a surname with Fargo heroin... Marge Gunderson, implying a possible relation. Um, and Moorhead ah. is notably the twin city of Fargo, North Dakota, sitting directly across the North Dakota Minnesota border. There you go. There you go. So we could have had a little mm. little um, universe happening mm. there. Mm. 
Oh, and it's yeah. Um, sorry, I'll, I'll interrupt you, but um, we I think we said in our Fargo episode that it doesn't connect to the um, series at all. Apparently, a, a um, character in the series finds the money. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, like the the million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Um, all the Platts character. Like I I had seen that series and it never like hit me that that was the million dollars from the movie. Is that just like a fan theory or is oh, it? Oh no, no. I, has it been confirmed? I haven't seen the scene in like forever, but like no, I, I think he finds it in the snow, like in the same place. That's yeah. cool. We do have a little universe happening. And then I think so, that guy um, dies like immediately. <laughs> you, you can you can definitely tell that this movie is a Coen Brothers film. Absolutely. And it's and mainly even just from the cast, like it's kind of labelled as the ultimate Coen ensemble movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's got John Goodman, Steve Buscemi, John Polito, John um, Totoro, and Peter Stanmore. But it's missing. Frances McDormand. She's like the only like main mm. collaborator that they worked with that isn't in it. Because I don't know. Obviously, Joel didn't put his wife in this one. <laughs> Needed a break. <laughs> because one, you know, yeah. But there's a um, it caps off a trilogy for Steve Buscemi's characters in Coen Brother films. So I can't remember what the first one's called, but the first one he's in, he gets killed. And there's, like, most of his body left there when you see him. In Fargo, all that's left of him is his leg mm. sticking out of the wood chipper. And then in this, he's just ashes. <laughs> so his, like, remains get notably smaller each time he dies in a Cohen's brother film. The poor guy. Yeah. Uh, his character in this, I did not see it coming that he was he was going to die. And you know what? There's a, there's a good little... um. Yeah, I, I feel like Jacob's going to say it. Go ahead. Yeah, there's a good little, like, kind of precursor to it. So every time throughout the film you see him bowl, he bowls a strike. He never misses. And then just, like, at the end, just before they, like, go outside and all that happens, he bowls and a pin's left standing up. And you can see him, like, kind of moving his right fingers and grabbing his right arm and it's sort of pain. And it's a sign that a heart attack's coming. Ah. So he realises something's wrong when they're still inside and then when they go outside he has the heart attack so kind of the heart attack was coming before those events unfolded mm. Mm. they just kind of helped it happen but he was you know off and he had the sore arm and he wasn't bowling properly so he he knew something was wrong and then the others didn't really pay attention to him because they never do yeah and the yeah. poor guy <laughs> yeah poor Donnie <laughs> Um, oh, I think the other movie Steve Buscemi dies in is Miller's Crossing. Yeah, I yeah, because like that's the uh, only other one I've seen with him in it. Um, did either of you notice that? Um, oh, I can't remember his name. The guy that plays Remus Lupin in Harry yes. Potter yeah. is in this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I didn't know. I didn't get a good laugh out of that. Like a tiny little scene. Yeah, <laughs> but it was so I, I good. I just seeing him like that. I was like, ew. You just, it's 
Nah, like... I thought it was heaps I don't know funny. how they, like, came across that character design, but... Mm. It's... Yeah. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> Not a good look. I, um, I have two more little points. Um, the diner that, um... The dude and Walter are in where, yeah, Walter starts yelling at the waitress about Vietnam. Yep. That is the same diner from Reservoir Dogs, Gone in 60 Seconds, American History X, and Sean Kington song that I don't know. You're yes. right. There you go. I, it's a popular diner. So I guess it's just a Hollywood yeah, diner that's much. really open the, for people filming yeah, in? Yeah, it's just a studio <laughs> diner that people use. Yeah. Uh, the, the last one I have is... Uh, the scene where the dude and Walter go to that kid kid's house who like ha- who steals yep. the dude's car. Uh, in that scene, when Walter starts going on his rant, he says, "I forget the kid's name." He says, "This is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass." Now, oh yeah. yes, the kid's name was Larry. Larry. <laughs> yes, thing is, he says it a lot, so it's not really the most uh, you know TV friendly thing to have on. So, so in an attempt to censor it for TV and planes and that, uh, John Goodman ADR'd the line to, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> and that's what he's screaming for the whole scene when he's smashing the car to bits. Yeah, it's a bit weird. But I feel like that's funny because, like, obviously the studio would have been like, oh, no, 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 you, you have to... Say, say something, you know, more. Yeah, you can't just be screaming, like, in silence. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I like, you're just, like, taking the creative liberty and just been like, oh, I'll just say something that doesn't make sense then. <laughs> um, I have a little fact. Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know how Bunny was driving the red convertible? Mm. Yep. Um, the number plate says um lapin or lapin i don't know how to pronounce it it's french um but it's french for bunny oh really (laughs) yeah that's funny Mm -hmm. Mm. um i love the soundtrack oh in this yeah beautiful i love credence um and even that one eagle song that the dude hates i love Mm. it Um, and I think it was like a Spanish version it's... of Hotel California as well, or like Hotel California in a different yeah, language. I was like, yeah. oh my god, that sounds beautiful. It was. Yeah, yeah, I shazam it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, I read something that this is the, one of the first Cullen Brothers movies where the soundtrack features more. Um, prominently than the score and I think especially coming from watch like obviously we watched Fargo a few months ago but it's such a different movie and I think it's really a testament to their talents that they can go from doing like obviously it was a obviously Fargo was like a comedy but it was more like dark humor and thriller than this which is like at its core a stoner movie but they're both equally as entertaining, I guess. Like, yeah, in this... I, well, they I, were to me. I wasn't, like, <laughs> super concerned about the character's safety. I was just like, oh, yeah, they're just having a bit of fun. Yeah, like, no. 
he, he like put his exactly. dirty undies in the bag. What's the worst that could happen? I like when I saw the toe down, <laughs> I was like, ooh, this is like serious. But other than that, like I was never really, yeah, like too concerned. And no one, like, does anyone other than Donnie actually die in this? No, no. Not even any of the nihilists die. So I mean, I mean, ma- we don't know. That one that got hit with the bowling ball could have like had his like lungs crushed. <laughs> oh yeah, internal injuries maybe. But but overall, it's like you don't really see anyone get shot or anything like that. It's a pretty tame movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because it- I remember as far as like I remembered like Walter pulling out the gun. And like shooting it, like and not hitting at anyone, but like that was what gave Donnie the heart attack. But that just didn't happen. Mm. Yeah, that just like surprised me. Misremembering. Yeah. Um, do either of you know who the cinematographer is for this film without looking it up? No. Um, I do not. Want to take a random stab in the dark at a famous cinematographer? <sighs> I don't know any famous cinematographer. Recently won an Oscar. For their work on 1917. Oh, um, what's he? Roger um, Deakins. Oh, did he? There you oh, go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a thing because I recommended um, his podcast to people last week mm. and then I was just looking at that and I'm like, oh, cinematography, Roger Deakins, what a legend. <laughs> That's um, really interesting. It all ties together. Yeah, the, the Cohen brothers are sort of quoted as saying that the plot doesn't really matter so it's kind of just like um the big many things you love about the big lebowski the performances the musical sequences the endless onslaught of brilliant and quotable lines um they've kind of said that the plot is actually secondary or fifth dairy as they put it to um most people's enjoyment of the film um it's like, do you remember what happens to the missing money at the end, or if there even was missing money? Um, according to Joel Cohen, they knew the plot was probably a bit too confounding to most viewers on the first watch, and they also knew it would probably wouldn't matter. The plot is sort of secondary to the other things that are sort of going on in the piece. I think that if people get a little confused, it's not necessarily going to get in the way of them enjoying the movie. No, I think it's more interesting to see all these kind of crazy characters interact Inter- with yeah. each other. <clears throat> and it's kind of like the dude takes on that noir detective role and in that, yeah, he's... And I said before, he's in every scene. But he does it in such a way that he actually doesn't do anything. Everything in the film comes to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every character's actions... Like, every other character's actions and decisions drive the plot forward for him... And he kind of just goes along for the ride, and at every point after kind of different things happen, he just returns to his normal life. Like it'll cut to him being at home, or it'll cut to him at the bowling alley. It just it's he just carries on like nothing's changed. Yeah. Minus his rug. Minus yeah, he doesn't his rug. even get another rug at the end. It's such a shame. I know. <laughs> Poor dude. Mm. Another. Like, oh, I think the only time he potentially, like, is about to move the plot forward is when he's, like, at that, like, Playboy house and he goes to, like, the paper when he's out of the room and, like, scribbles over it. But it's just, like, a sketch of, like, 
a guy with like yeah, a massive he dick. He attempts. <laughs> and, that, and they never <laughs> refer to it again. <laughs> but, um, um, posters for this film in Norway featured text that I cannot read out because obviously it's in Norwegian, but translated to English said, recommended by the Norwegian Bowling Association. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The film has spawned its own festival. Starting in Kentucky in 2002, Lebowski Fest has been held in such cities as Los Angeles, New York, Seattle, Chicago, London, and Edinburgh. Um, Jeff Bridges, John Goodman, Steve Buscemi, John Turturro, and Julian Moore are all previous attendees. That's so good. Um, what else we got? In the script's first draft, the dude was revealed to as the heir to the Rubik's Cube fortune. Joel Cohen later scrapped the idea, choosing to leave the dude's source of income a mystery. I was wondering that. I was wondering how he could afford to be a bum. And I thought he must have some sort of like He's got some money. inheritance, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and because he doesn't seem overly concerned with the million dollars, like at all, he's happy to take a ten percent cut of it. He doesn't want the money, yeah. So. Yeah, he'd just be content by getting his rug back and have his room bought together. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I am out of notes on this. Um, I don't know if you guys want to mention any other plot points that you found interesting. Um, um, I have one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just, um, I just realized the, um, the nihilist who loses his ear was also in Fargo. That just slipped my yes. mind. Cause I always think of him I'm as the sure guy from, um, 22 he's the Jump one Street. that... I'm pretty sure he's the one that kills Steve Buscemi's yeah, character is. in Fargo as he well. He is. That just, yeah. like, entered um, my brain. Okay, yes. The 69-cent check the dude writes for Milk is dated September 11, 1991. I honestly thought... Exactly 10 <laughs> years before the 9-11 terror attacks. I... Even more spooky, George Bush Sr. can be heard on the TV making his This Aggression Will Not Stand speech in reference to the war. The film was made in 1998. You know what? I had that written down. What the hell, man? I was like, "Mm, can we make jokes about that? Uh, So I just crossed it out. Well, I'm not making a joke about it. I'm just saying, like, it's just a creepy little thing that they're like. Yeah, very scary. What the hell? It's like how the Simpsons predict things. It's just. It just happens. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, I don't have anything else, really. I did really enjoy um, how different. I guess, like, it's almost every scene was. Like, you'd go from, obviously, the dude's, like, not, like, I guess it's, yeah, a dishevelled kind of house um, to, like, a mansion to this crazy, like, dreamscape to this yeah. artist's, like, weird, crazy, like, condo or whatever. And it was, like... All these, the I feel like the locations and the scenes were almost as varied as the characters themselves, and I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, I, I have another fact. <laughs> the repetition of shut the fuck up, Donnie, is a reference to Fargo, a Steve Fushemi's character would never shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he really doesn't say much in this anyway. Yeah, um, the original script, the dude drove a Chrysler LeBaron as Jeff Dowd once owned one. But that model wasn't big enough to fit John Goodman, so it was changed to a 1973 Ford um, Torino. Two cars were used during the filming. One was destroyed, obviously. You know, it gets set on fire. Mm -hmm. The other later destroyed in an X-Files episode. Oh, really? Huh. Yep. There you go. Never seen it. The X-Files? Yeah. They're alright. Yeah, I've heard it's like... Um, Yeah, kind of... It's just, like, a lot of filler. But, mm. one day, maybe. Anyway, we're not talking about yeah, that no. fast. <laughs> no. um, yeah, I think that is... I think that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got. Um, we could do the three things we did or didn't like, but I'm sure we won't have much bad to say. Sure. Um three things I liked was this, the dude, the Jeff Bridges's Jeff Bridges performance throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll wrap that in with um, John Goodman's performance. Just the two of them on screen together all the time was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the constant, the second would be the constant plot MacGuffins. Just everything is just like here, here, here's this, here's this, here's this. And the kind of our main characters are like, Oh yep. And just kind of, the audience doesn't really care about the MacGuffin of the plot, but it's there to kind of drive our characters forwards, but we only really kind of care about what they do rather than what happens, like, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, um, I don't know. I guess I'll just leave it at those and then yeah, someone okay. else can go. Um, I okay. I really love John Goodman. I think this is like my favorite performance of his. Like, I don't know, like, cause everything. I feel like everything else I've like seen him in, he's not like intentionally funny. Yeah, like, I think this is like the funniest thing. He's, like, other than like Ten Cloverfield Lane, this is like the most like kind of. Over the t- not over the top, but like the probably the best performance he's given. Um, he really just comes mm-hmm. into his own. Oh uh, yeah, hundred percent. Like I'm, like, I don't know why they have like made a spin off on Jesus and not Walter. Like I'd love to see where Walter is now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, also, I, I have one more note on the Jesus roles. I like watched the trailer for it, and like he's coming out of jail again, and they're like. The guard says something, something of like to him. He's like, "All right, Jesus, like you got one more chance, or you get in the chair or something." So like he's just he he's done it again. <laughs> like, he's just gone and oh no, yeah, um, yeah. Second thing, I love the settings. Like Kat said, like the settings are just all really great, and they like contrast very well. And um, yeah, I disliked nothing really. Like, I was never bored, and that's kind of all I ask. Yeah, true. Oh, also, I loved all the sequences, um, okay. like, all the dream sequences. 
you get like all the trip out type things. Yeah. Like that were really well done, I think. Yeah. Um, well, I really liked the um scene where well it was part of a dream sequence where they put the camera inside the bowling ball and it's bold and you see it like from the perspective of the ball, I guess, go down the yeah. lane and hit the um hit the what are they called? Bowling pins. The pins. Yeah, the pins. Jesus. But I really liked that. That was really cool. It like messed with my um, like balance a bit, but it was cool. Um, and yeah, I guess the character's performance, like sorry, the actor's performance was just wonderful. So, so, so good, um, particularly Jeff Bridges. I haven't seen him in anything for a long while, so it was kind of refreshing to see him in such a good, play such a good yeah. character. Um, and I just liked that everyone, like all the characters were so different, but they all fit in. Like the appearance of this guy dressed as a cowboy in a bowling alley was fine. Like he didn't even question it. Yeah. He just I mean, it was the 90s. <laughs> accepted it. <laughs> Yeah, I, <laughs> I really liked it. Um, oh, and I, this is a fourth thing, but, like, I also love the fact that he's toting around this massive mobile phone for, yeah. like, a quarter of the movie. It's like a <laughs> Just in portable, like, rings. car phone. Yeah. Yeah, and it's massive, and it would have weighed so much, too. Oh, yeah. But he's just, like, got it slung over his shoulder. Um, but, yeah. That's great. I, I just... Yeah, can't fault this movie. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I guess we can say, Kat, would you watch it again? Sure would. Nick? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd definitely watch it again. I like, And same as Kat, this was my first time watching this movie. Oh. Yeah, I was so surprised so, like, when I definitely you would. guys hadn't watched it. I was like, yeah. oh, it's so fun. Yeah, I kind of just never had. I just never, like, I knew, I'd heard it was, like, it was good and mm. I'd seen some scenes in, like, reference from like other pop culture things and like but I never really knew what this like I didn't know what the story was I didn't know any of the twists like I'd seen the weird dream sequence with Jeff Bridges and um what's her name with like the stairs and like all uh, the yeah, weird costume like I'd seen that yeah. before um I did know that Donnie died at the end I was aware uh. of that like I wasn't I didn't know when that happened in the film yeah like, I honestly was expecting it to be earlier rather than the very end. Oh. But, yeah, no. But, but apart from that, like, I really enjoyed, really, really enjoyed watching this the other day. Like, it was great. Yeah. I think part of mm-hmm. what makes this not as, like, an absolute need to watch for me is just, like, the massive fandom around it and how there's, like, a religion devoted to it. Yeah. Like, I think if I hadn't, yeah. like, if I knew all that before seeing this, I'd expect something like larger than life and like life changing to like kind of yeah but i'm glad i like kind of saw this when i was like 15 i was like oh, okay well it's just a movie and then i saw all the stuff yeah. after so i didn't know any of that like i knew there was like some yeah. diehard fans i didn't know about any religion stuff until like after i'd watched it well yeah. i didn't even know it was a coen brothers movie so there you go <laughs> <laughs> um uh guess we can move on to what we've been watching and what we're excited for yes so dun, 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 dun. 
this week um, had a bit less work. It's starting to normal back out, so I haven't been there all day every day, which has been really nice to have days off that, sounds that aren't uni days. So it's been very relaxing. Um, so I watched the first episode of Trial by Media on Netflix. Oh, I watched that too. Which I thought was really good. What's Trial by Media? That's mm-hmm. definitely... You'll have to go and watch oh. it. Oh, give, give me an elevator pitch at <laughs> no, least. It kind of... I, uh... it kind of um, so it looks at, the first episode looks at the Jenny Jones show as they kind of, they unveiled, you know, my secret crush. It could be a man, it could be a woman. Who has it? And this guy went on and one of his male friends admitted that he was in love with him and then it got all weird and then a couple of days later he killed him and then he went on trial and the show went on trial for, you know, why did your guest kill the person that devoted their love to them? Like it was a whole weird thing and there's all this background to it and it's kind of like these weird American reality TV shows like that kind of just outlay people's lives and drama then led to a murder. Mm. And it's all, then all of that was played out on court TV every day and it just became this massive publicity thing from start to end. And it was good to watch. It's interesting um, television. That's good. It was quite interesting. I'd never, like, despite the hype around it, like the actual trial, I'd never actually heard of it before. No, but I don't know if that was just because it was based in the nineties or something. Yeah, I think this is the nineties TV in America. But like, I thought like as yeah. a kind of crime documentary, I thought it was really interesting to see because they interviewed different people involved on both sides, and I thought it was really interesting to look at like the effect that these shows can have. And I'm really excited to watch like the rest of the, the series. second episode. The second episode is really good as well. Yeah. Um, good. I won't tell you anything about it, but yeah, it's really good. So I'm hoping that the rest of the series is as interesting. Um, I also watched last week's episode of Rick and Morty. I haven't watched this week's yet. Yeah. Big stuff. Um, these, like, the, the two that have come out, they're, like, really good. Yeah, the first one, like, last week's was really good. Um, I also re-watched two of my favourite movies that are not on this list. Um, so I watched Spotlight and The Post. Mm. Oh my god, I watched Spotlight as well. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that is such a good film. Yeah. And like there's like the whole journalism in both of them, and especially in Spotlight. Like, I really love that. And they were, like, Spotlight especially was kind of... Um, he was that. It I think it was 2015 or 2016. Or do you mean when it was set? No, like when it came out. I'm pretty sure it was 2015. Yeah, 2015. So I was studying teaching at the time. I was trying to figure out if it was before or after. So I just started uni. And it was kind of part of the inspiration for me to switch degrees. So it kind of like watching that, I was like, this is really like, cause I've, I've always been interested in writing and journalism and mm. stuff. And this, watching this is kind of like, oh, I would love to work in somewhere like that. Yeah. And it kind of like, it was kind of like a participating factor, as you could say in me switching, cha- like changing professions, like, tr- like degrees. Yeah. 
So yeah, I watched um, that again, and then I also watched The Post because The Post is a great movie. And again, The Post, directed by Steven Spielberg, <laughs> starring Tom Hanks. Because <laughs> you Tom know Tom Hanks mood. Yeah, I just you know I can't get out of it now. I'm stuck. I'm trapped forever. <laughs> um. If you haven't, you should go and read some of the spotlight reports from the Boston Globe because they're really good. They're really, really oh, interesting. Yeah, I've, I've read a fair few because the like spotlight team itself's been around for ages. Yeah, like since the seventies or something. Yeah, and I've I've read a fair few of their things. They're great pieces of writing. Yeah. Um. Apart from that, um, we spoke about Birds of Prey last week, didn't we? Um, Didn't we just yeah. say it was shit? Like, you said it was shit. Like, we, I feel like we don't like review yeah, the things we're watching enough. We just go, oh yeah, good. Well, huh, <laughs> well I don't want to review Birds of Prey because it was, on reflection, it's worse. Oh, no. The more I think about that movie, the worse it gets in my brain. I might watch it again once like, it comes it, out on like Netflix oh, or something. I don't know. I... I'm never watching it again. It's like Suicide Squad. I've only ever seen it once. Hmm. I'm never watching it again. Okay, look, I kind of enjoyed Suicide Squad. So, so did I at the Sorry. time. Shut so up. So did I at the time, but it's, it's really just... I did not at the time. See, I, I went to the... On our way to the movies to see Suicide Squad, we were reading the bad reviews for it, so we were kind of like... That was like kind of our seatbelt to like... Oh, no. But, um, yeah. Oh, uh, well... Lucky we're all entitled to our own opinions. <laughs> but if your if opinion's wrong, different to mine, you're wrong. No. <laughs> um, all right, who wants to go next? Uh, I have things I can talk about, if that's cool. Yes, I yes, will. Yes, please. I, will. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I watched a doco on Netflix called Have a Good Trip, Adventures in Psychedelics. It's a doco that was made like what? over a couple years ago i suppose because um a bunch of it's basically just a bunch of celebrities talking about their experiences in drugs like um mushrooms and acid and all that and so like it'll kind of go between a uh an actor say for example carrie fisher talking about how her house is done up to like kind of like enhance her acid trips and then she'll like reflect on like doing acid when she was young and like a, a, another famous person will play her on acid yeah, it's right. very interesting and like but kind of between like there's other people like ben stiller sarah silverman and like just other actors and directors talking about it and in between their kind of stories nick offerman plays a professor like kind of getting to the science on drugs and how they like kind of interact with your brain. It's very interesting. I think it won a bunch of awards, but I never heard of it until it like popped up on my home screen. So I would yeah, definitely right. give I've that a never watch. Heard like, of that, but it does sound interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I also watched the first episode. I think there's like only like two or three episodes, but it's, um, the take it's uh thomas middleditch and ben schwartz's stand-up shows so thomas middleditch is from silicon valley and uh ben schwartz plays jean ralphio on parks and rec and it's 
an improv show completely made up on the spot when they get there. They spend like five minutes talking to the audience. I did see an ad on and that. And then they just the trailer ma- they just make an improv show from it. And it's pretty funny. There you go. Okay. Yes. Uh, Kat? Um, well, as previously stated, I watched Spotlight and Trial by Media. <laughs> um, but other than that, I haven't really been watching anything. I've been trying to read more, I guess. Um, but I'm reading books that have been turned into movies that I haven't seen. So um, I'm currently reading No Country for Old Men, which is a phenomenal book. Um, it's not very long. Um, it's only like 300 pages, but it's really, really easy to read considering what it's about. Mm. Um, so I'm going to watch the movie after that. So probably sometime this weekend I'll finish this book and then watch it. Um, but yeah, other than that, I haven't really been doing much. Just, yeah. I think I'm kind of more watching documentaries and like... Um, things based on real life recently just because I guess I don't know life is interesting (laughs) (laughs) and yeah there's some weird shit out there so yeah I I feel very smart after watching it (laughs) this week so I might keep it up yeah (laughs) you should watch um you should watch oh there's a really good short series that came out on Netflix um about, um, oh, what is it? Like the drug testing labs in America. Oh, really? Um, and one of the technicians was like addicted to heroin and she was taking from the... Also, um, I'll just preface, like, it doesn't have to stash. be about drugs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you drug addicts. I'm just saying it was really good. Um, and I can't remember what it was called. Um... But I will find out and get back mm. to you because it was it was really, really good. I actually have a documentary um, saved that I will talk about next week. I won't say what it is or what it's about, but it it's going to be a riot, I, sh- I feel. I was going to um, s- announce it. Let's all watch a documentary and see if it's the same one. It, it definitely <laughs> won't be. Challenge accepted. Okay. Oh, Actually, I did watch a movie. Um, where is it? Don't know, Kat. You oh, I started. Story. Sorry. <laughs> I, sorry. Netflix is like playing in my earphones as I'm talking, and it's really weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> I started watching Primal Fear because I've never seen it before, and it's got a really, really young Edward Norton in it. Um, but it's really good so far, and I haven't finished it, so I will get back to you on whether it's good or not. Mm. Fair enough. Hmm. And that's me done. Well, there we go. Well, I guess on that we can uh, wrap up this week's episode. So you can reach us on Facebook or Instagram at Watch It Again Podcast, or send us an email at Watch It Again Pod at gmail dot com. Leave a review on iTunes. Um, tell a friend. Share us on the socials. You know, all that. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, I am your host, Jacob. And with me are 
Kat. And Nick. I was wondering where you were. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening, everyone. We will catch you guys next week. See you later. Bye. Bye.